Hey, what's going on guys? Nate and Philip back again with another episode of the Pokey Talk Podcast. The last one of 2023. Whoa. What's going on? Not too much. Just got back from traveling. You know, got a few days off around Christmas and it was almost a week. And uh, been spending spending most of it traveling. That's kind of how it goes, it seems like. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about our our holidays and and stuff. Um, but uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about our 2024 goals. It's usually how we do it when we wrap up a year. It just makes sense for us to talk about the year to come and uh, what what kind of is on our radar as far as cards we're tracking down. But uh, we'll talk about our 2023 goals and how we accomplished those or if we came up short. But I think we both did pretty good with our goals there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, should be a nice, simple, to-the-point episode. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're recording on a little snowy day, finally getting the first snow of it the is. year. And, uh, yeah, it almost didn't feel like... Christmas this year because it's been so mild, like temperature wise, and yeah, it was like sixty something degrees on Christmas Day, and I, I was even telling my girlfriend I was like, because we were in the same town we were a few years ago, and there was it was like a ghost town on Christmas Day, whereas or like the day after Christmas, and whereas this past year it was pretty lively. I think the weather has something to do with that. Yeah, for us, the Christmas day was like upper 50s or right at 60, and the day after as well. So, yeah, people uh, people got out and about still, but temperature definitely dropped right after, and now it's snowing out. So I wish we would have got this a little earlier. Just It went by really fast. It always seems like it goes by pretty fast, but... I don't know, with the warm temperatures and stuff, it just felt like it was kind of meh this year as far as, like, leading up to Christmas. Yeah, it didn't quite feel... I mean, it kind of snuck up on me personally. Yeah. But this is a pretty good one. Was yours uh, pretty good? Did you get any Pokemon-related things? No, there wasn't really too much to say on it, unfortunately. It was a lot of traveling and dealing with some stuff, so... It was, I mean, it was, it was nice, but like there wasn't really too much to it, which is fine. Yeah. I saw everybody. I talked to just about everybody. So good, good. Yeah. What, what about you? I know you have a kid, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really fun with her. Um, she's be going on two and a half here soon. So she really got into opening presents this year. And uh, send to the old Santa and doing the elf on the shelf thing. I mean, I don't even know what that is. Like the elf on the shelf is that like I just remember seeing that. I thought it was a meme. I thought I, don't, I have no idea what meme it is. So it's just uh, I think it's a book. You know, they conveniently made a book and a doll to go with it. But it's like a little story. Like this elf watches you and like reports to Santa to tell him if you're good or not. And so each day you just hide the the elf on the shelf or on the tree and every morning like we move it around. So it's just like a little fun game. <laughs> and if she's acting up, we could be like, Elf's watching you. 
you're not going to get anything for Christmas. Big Brother's <laughs> watching you, so it's like a uh, it's a uh, social statement over the, the rising security state, I guess, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, teach them young. Yeah, exactly. No, I, that, that, that's pretty fun. I, I didn't know it was such an origin. I always thought it was just a Christmas joke, like a meme. No. Nah. So... So yeah, I think it's uh don't know if the the game or the book came first, but I think it was like a book like this family made cuz it was like their tradition and then it just kind of took off, so some people go crazy with it like an L for each kid and it's like, "Oh, we're just going to be doing one for the household." <laughs> yeah. And you know, we just kind of move it around and don't get too elaborate with the tricks some some setup like that the elves playing tricks on them and stuff like that. But in our, our house, he's just watching over everything and reporting <laughs> back. So, but yeah, it was fun. Um, nothing really Pokemon related. I, I always ask for some eBay gift cards and, you know, still to this day, like the family like wants to get me something that I like, but I tell them eBay gift cards and they're like, Oh, well we want to get you a little something else. It's like, that is literally the best gift you can pretty much give me. It's like, <laughs> if you, you don't want to give me money and you feeling like giving me something personal, mm-hmm. like give me an eBay gift card. Like, so yeah, it's always a, uh, not, not a struggle. But it's like, literally, that will make me happy. Trust me. And then people just get say, so worried. Like, oh, well, I, I want to get you something besides a gift card. Honestly, there's a few things. Most of what I bought went towards the PSA 9 Mario Pika, obviously. Um, some other of the sold earnings from the D23 cards also went towards a tattoo. I know, I know. But... <laughs> I it's I, I figured it's a sleeve. I've I've already have basically already, you know, a part on my upper arm, part on my lower arm. I might as well just get it all done. And it's something I've been wanting for about five years, anyways. So I figured now I have the money, just go ahead and finish it. But there were a few small things that I did buy as well. Some of which we can go ahead and discuss in the in the goals section because it's it's a part of it. But I did buy a PSA nine uh, nineteen ninety nine tops TV ash card. So we also got our autos from the KC Con uh, this past year, or that we went to this past year. We just got those back just two days ago. Actually, I guess it was just yesterday, wasn't it? Yep. Um, and I was disappointed that as we looked closer, so I bought a CGC nine. It was like 40, 45 bucks. Um, thinking like, oh, most likely transform. We looked closer before we sent in, and there was like a small little, like almost indention, I think, on the side. Enough to where it probably wouldn't get a, a PSA 9. So we just did the auto 9, and it didn't even get the auto 10. So I was like, eh. so that one's up on eBay. But I was like, you know what? I, I really do want an auto 9, or a, an auto 10 or 9 PSA 9. Um, I would really like to have a 910, obviously, but a 99 is kind of cool, too. Um, and so I also bought a, a, a PSA 9 Tops TV Ash. I just bought that last night, actually. Nice. 
Yeah, a guy, a guy sent me an offer, and I was like, I spent like 40, 45 bucks on the CGC. Nine is with tax and, and shit. It was like 55 bucks, I think. I was like, you know what? That's pretty good. And I know we're planning on going to Casey Kahn again this year, and Veronica Taylor hasn't announced yet, but it's still early, so. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting another one. Um, you know, just meeting her and talking to her. It's always a pleasant experience i'm okay with my auto nine like ideally like we so like i don't know if people saw but i'll be making some posts this week i got a lot of videos to edit today and tomorrow and then i'll be making posts and uploading videos a lot this weekend and next week about pretty much everything i've been doing in the last month and uh, those autos will be in there Ideally, like, some people go for the card grade as well, but with signature cards, like, you kind of thought the same thing, as we both got the same thing, but we went for, like, authentic and then auto grade. So, like, I feel like there is definitely a premium if you get a, like, PSA 10 and then an auto, obviously, but our cards definitely weren't 10s. And I think anything below a 9 grade... It just makes more sense to get authentic, like, no card grade. And the idea behind that is it's like once you get down below PSA 9 or 10, like, the card grade itself is just, you know, not really relative. You're you're buying it for the signature in that case. And to me, pretty much people are buying it for the signature anyway, so why take away from the signature and getting a card grade. So, like, if you have a good signature like we did, you know, we all, all of our cards got auto nines, you know, still good grade. Mm-hmm. But why take away from that with, like, a PSA 6? Like, you don't want a... P- a PSA 6, but then an auto 9. Yeah, you don't, kind of... yeah, you don't want it to, you know, it takes away from the signature. Anything that's, like, even a PSA 8, auto 9 or pretty much anything that's lower than the signature itself, like, really takes away from the signature, in my opinion. So, I personally like to just take the card out of the picture entirely, just make it authentic. That way you can totally focus on the signature itself. So... I would say the idea for this card is to... It might be for myself, but you get a PSA 9, maybe a shot at a PSA 10, and then try to get the auto 10. Um... And then potentially or keep it or sell. I don't know. But last year I had her sign or Taylor sign two things. And the other one was like a poster she had. And she wrote a personalized message on the poster. That is something I'm keeping. Um, but for the car, she literally just wrote her name, Veronica Taylor. Uh, so I was kind of eh towards the whole thing. Whereas like she left like a whole sentence on like the poster. She just wrote her name and, the fact that I want to even get a PSA 9, I'm like, eh, I'm just not really wanting it. But next year, the idea is to go with two or three things for her to sign and try to get that 10 on both or a 9-9 nine, nine, so I can keep that. Yep. And then hopefully the other ones I bring, would, essentially what I'm thinking is it would allow me to have the trip for free, essentially, um, if everything works out. By a couple, by like, that's why I bought one right now. I want one for my own collection as it is. And the amount, the moment I see her, she is coming to KC, I plan on buying one to two more. And 
I know Charles Martinet already announced he's coming, Nathan. <laughs> no, did he? Yeah, I saw um, there was a few people that have already reserved. Uh, you got um, the speaker of uh, for Yugi and um, Kaiba. I might try to get those two as well. I got both of them on a single card. Mm-hmm. I might try to get them on each individual cards. Um, but I'll see. I don't know. I'll plan ahead. Um, Charles Martinet. I did have him sign a Mario Tops card, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even all those guys, like I didn't even have them them all graded. Like the only one I cared to grade is uh, Veronica Taylor and Sarah Nanochini, the voices of Ash. But my Sarah Nanochini auto got declined, so that was a little annoying. Annoying. Yeah, but uh, I want to say Eric Stewart has both the voice of Brock and James, and on that poster from Veronica Taylor, it has a place for both James and Brock. So the idea is for me to get him to sign potentially both times, um, and I just don't know if it's worth having him sign once or twice because it's already potentially getting expensive before getting the people I want for other things, like if Sean Schimmel for his. Or if uh, Christopher Sabat, who is the voice of Vegeta and like All Might, and like you na- name your pick on any major anime in the last twenty years, he's involved somehow. It seems like, um, so you know that's even before those people reserved. So I just gotta be careful because I'm not trying to spend a thousand dollars in autos, but I do have the intentions for this year of making money going in this year with these signatures. That is a part of the plan. Mine is to uh, just kind of build up my signature binder. It would be cool since I have like Yugi and Kaiba token card mm-hmm. with them both signed. Yeah. To also do like a Blue Eyes and Dark Magician. Yep. And I might just get like the 25th anniversary versions that are cheap. Um, it'd just be cool to have those. And then uh, aside from that, like if Veronica Taylor signed again. Hmm. I don't know what I would do. If, I mean, if they did a poster the... thing, like I might do that just for like an art piece. Like, have something to hang up. Yeah, go back and have all of them sign it. But yeah, we'll see. Well, that's, I mean, I know I want Dan Green at least once and then Eric Stewart potentially twice. So you're already looking at 135 bucks right there. And that's before Schimmel. That's another three times. So you, that's, you know, that's already $300 because I would want him to sign three things as well. Sabad's another two. That's four hundred. Is Shimmel coming back already? Not yet. Not yet. They haven't announced yet. But I'm assuming if he is, like you're talking, not even including potentially, you know, making money eventually with Taylor. But you're looking at six, seven hundred dollars right there. And I'm not opposed to it if the idea is to make some some money off it to allow me to break even on everything. Um, Break even, maybe make five hundred bucks to get something that I'm about to discuss in the gold page. Yeah. So, yeah. But they did announce a few people. They have announced the music guests. It's You can tell who are the people that do this for their main source of income. I'll just say that. Not anything against these people. Like I, I think they're awesome, and I get it. I'm just saying you can tell who's who does this to make a living. Yeah. So. What is up with this uh, Collecticon website and how giant everything is? It looks like you might be able to buy tickets already. Yeah. Oh, can you really? Oh, you can. 
Look so at that. It says 2024 tour dates. So let's... I'll probably do that actually uh, later on this weekend. Yeah. VIP Fast Pass, hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do that. We. I'm not gonna wait. Well, I kind of want to make sure Taylor or somebody like that comes, Shemmel or Taylor, and then I'll do the VIP pass. If Taylor isn't coming and neither is Shemmel, my desire to wait around in autos, get autos, is very minimal, to, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So we'll Shemmel, Sabat, Taylor. I'm looking for two of the three, preferably, but at least one of the three before I click VIP pass. So I, might, I might hold off. We'll see. But yeah, soon. Yeah, let me see about the uh, special guest here. They already got a panel schedule, celebrity schedule. Oh, it's all coming soon. Yeah, so, yeah within, unannounced give it live plan. performance. But David, Ooh, Vanilla Ice. David Yost, who uh, Blue was Ranger, Blue cool. Ranger. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. He was my favorite as a kid. It was the Blue Ranger, but I'm not. I'm not interested in getting anything signed by him, though. It, Power Rangers was something I was out of by the time I was like eight. Yeah. I never really got into Power Rangers, so. Really? You don't remember having the the Burger King toys, going to see the two movies? No, I, ne- I just never really got into yeah. them at all for some reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, I see you, Dan Green, Eric Stewart, of course. Jason Charles Page, Martin yeah. May. I would probably, let me see who else is here. I would probably, like, just grab a Jason Page signature just because it it just makes sense to throw it in my binder. I've, I've talked to him multiple times, like, even we ran into him walking into the he was pretty chill. He felt yeah, like he was—he he did a bunch of drugs when he was younger. Obviously, he's definitely was, over the top <laughs> and quite the character, but he's—he's uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it would be uh, would be cool just to throw him in the binder, and then Charles Martinet. I might actually bring my OG Super game. Mario World. Yeah. I don't regret that at all. But what I just—I don't know if it's worth staying in a line with him again. There's. I could look to see if there's anything. It might be super, a super Mario three game if I do go there at all. Super Mario three um, or the first Super Mario game I might get done just to have for his collection because it ain't worth get, buying through him. That's for sure. What was it like one fifty? Yeah. It was. It was ridiculous. It was almost. It was almost borderline disrespectful considering you know it's cool. I mean it's Mario right, but and everybody remembers playing Mario as a kid, but let's be real. It's not like he's he's not in the same tier, in my opinion, as like a Chris Schimmel, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a Super Mario World. Or Sean Schimmel, excuse me. Super Mario World is like just the game that started everything for me. It's what I... Mm-hmm. It was like the first game I was exposed to and like really played a lot. Yep. So it'd be cool just to have my... OG copy signed, but uh, yeah, they got they got a bunch of dates. If y'all are thinking about going, um, definitely have to 
check it out. There's three of them in Texas for some reason, but uh, they got Dallas, of course, a New Jersey location, which is new. I think they're going to Houston twice. That's kind of weird. Well, they got they got Dallas, Houston, Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth. So it's a different location. Yeah, and so then Houston, the city, so foreign, foreign Texas. And then, and then Dallas Fort Worth is more like the suburbs. You got in the city, then in the burbs, and then you got to Houston. That's just kind of weird. Yeah. I guess they, they had they must have had obviously a large enough following there that it merited having two events. So I do know Houston. I knew a buddy who went. He said it was just nuts. And uh, you know Kansas City is busy as it is. It's like the smallest one by far. Um, so we always have the privilege of that one being the closest to us, and you know not Chicago getting not getting one. overwhelmed. But yeah, I was gonna say uh, Chicago might be another potential. They don't uh, have any in. Uh, I just want to. They don't have any in Colorado this year. Yeah, I think they took out Denver and just made another uh, Texas one. So interesting. Yeah, kind of weird. I guess it just makes sense for like financially how they did it. I'm sure a lot goes into the planning and all that. But yeah. let me see if I'm even off by like random chance on that weekend of Chicago because that would be one. I think I am. Yeah, the thirteenth. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm off. So, like Friday evening slash night, I could potentially go to that one. Like travel wise. I, it might be. I would only go. I wouldn't be opposed if you wanted a co-pilot. Sean Schimmel's already already uh, announced he's coming to Chicago. For Chicago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that means he's a he's a no go for Kansas City. Kansas City. Not necessarily. They're they're significant months apart, but June. If he skips Kansas City, it's because there's another event on that same weekend or the weekend before or the weekend after that he's preferring to go to, is my guess. Because he also goes to like all these anime cons and other stuff as well. It's not just stuff like this. And the reason, I mean, Sean Schimmel was definitely, wouldn't you agree that Sean Schimmel was probably the biggest draw last year overall? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was Charles weird. Charles like... on day two was definitely in the lead but overall Sean Schimmel had the longest lines all weekend that's what I was gonna say like Charles Martinet like was so weird because when we went to get signatures like the performance was there was a performance going on we said you know hey let's go but he was also at the far corner and I think they did that because he was going to be very popular so they put him in the far corner where there's like lots of space um but it was weird, like, when we went, like, we didn't have to wait hardly at all. And then day two, like, the whole day, the line was, like, all the way down the convention wall, <laughs> like, across the whole show floor. It was nuts. So, really weird. So, yeah, definitely have to jump in a line if you ever see that it's short. Where is it at in Chicago? Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. I'm not familiar with that location. 
I have no memory of this place. Yeah. Here. Donald E. Stevens looks like from us, it is a six hour drive. Which is about what I assumed. It's kind so of it's, north it's side. It's on the north side. Yeah, to say it looks like it's on the north side. Literally right next to the airport, though. Hey, we can maybe go. There's a uh, pretty great breakfast place on the north side. It's called. Uh, God, what's it called? It's it's all they all they sell French toast stuff. It's um like something in berries. And it is the best French toast I have ever had in my life. I, I, I kid you not. They have all of these different type of, like, they'll have, like, French toast of the day. And it'll be some peculiar, like, who the hell thought of that sort of French toast. <laughs> batter and berries. Yeah, it's batter and berries. Maybe yeah, if we we'll if we if we go out. to that, yeah, if we're going to that, we are going to this place. But it closes by two, so you have to be there in in the morning. So, but it's good. Gotcha. But yeah, if we go there. Yeah, that's interesting that it's uh, right like literally right next door to the big old airport there. So we could potentially fly there if we wanted from our little airport in our town. But uh, lots of options. But yeah, speaking of all this Collecticon talk, um, we could go into our old 2023 goals and how we went about, you know, accomplishing those. A lot of mine, I know yours was like a little different, but a lot of mine did focus around the Collecticon trip and all that um, with selling. You know, we had those big PSA orders come back at the beginning of that year and my goal or beginning of this year rather and my goal was to sell off a lot of them and uh collect con played a big part of that but uh what were some of your old goals that you accomplished i think we obviously know <clears throat> know the mario but uh do you have anything else on there um, for last year, it was the other goal was more of a selling goal. Um, it was the uh, selling a bunch of Lorcana at a great cost that potentially get cleared out of debt. Um, so it wasn't quite. It was kind of TCG related, but not quite. Now, for those that are interested, when I sell Elsa, I'll be one hundred percent debt free. Um, so it's. I know you're like, well, what do you get tomorrow? It's like, well, come on now, okay. You gotta live a little. <laughs> you gotta spend but, uh, two grand every once in a while. Well, exactly. You know, you gotta live a little. But no, seriously. Like, I, I, I kind of saw it as, like, I know the end is in sight within a couple months, and I've been waiting long enough for this card. So just go ahead and, and get it. Was my thinking, and then three months later, everything will be good. It's kind of like completely debt free. So, um, that's gonna be one of the goals entering twenty twenty four. And that's going to allow me to actually get one of the biggest goals for next year. But this past year, it was pretty simple. It was don't buy anything just about besides the Pikachu. So okay. the Mario Pika. Yeah, a lot of mine really focused on selling those graded cards. I did make a lot of sales um, that 
we were um, kind of contemplating, you know, what I wanted to keep. And I, I think I did like pretty much a thinning of my collection again. But when we went to KC Con, a lot of those cards went bye-bye. And I'm pretty much done with all my extra cards. But, um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting to see, like, all these cards that I acquire that I just end up wanting to sell. And then, you know, I buy more cards and then I thin out again. But I think I am now on track where my personal collection is pretty much, you know, where it's going to be for a while. It's, I'm not going to be adding too many cards in the near future or even distant future that I'm not going to be keeping really long term. Um, my, my goals quickly changed <clears throat> from selling all those, which I finally completed at KC Con. And then it shifted more towards selling the Lorcana cards, which I did those as well. And kind of, you know, tried timing the market as best I could with those. And I, I think I did pretty good. Lorcana hype is kind of still still falling because we did have a nice big reprint of set one, the first chapter. Um, I think that will continue into next year. Still have the D23 cards on my radar. If I could pick those up for cheap, that could potentially be one of my... 24 goals but the the pokemon still comes first so i'll go into uh i'll go into that they have dipped a little bit just for those curious the d23 um but i don't know i don't know if they're gonna dip any more or too much more than what they are in fact i can almost see them rebounding before i can see them dipping another 20 percent yeah, they, they've slowed. They they came down. The PSA 9s at auction, especially, kind of can can surprise you here and there. If any of those 9s get down to like $500, $600 range for the lower ones, I'd probably jump on those even before a Pokemon card. That's that, pretty hard to stop. Like Yeah, at that at that level, it's like, okay, like, it makes, makes sense. Like... I don't think any of those nines should be below 500, and I think the lowest tens um, should maybe be at a thousand, um, even though they're holding above that. So at the at the worst, I think 500 and then a thousand is the floors. If you take like Captain Hook, arguably the weakest one. Yeah, you know. I just don't see Hook going that that low, even during the. Uh during the kind of some of the downtime before the release, I think the lowest it got was around 14, 1500. Um, so I don't see it going that low, but it's definitely possible if it were to go that low, that I'd be more worried about the game as a whole than I would be about the cards, but I don't see them going that low. Well, what you're seeing is slightly above to about the prices like midsummer. Besides the Elsa and the and the and the Mickey, which have both gone up since then. In fact, both of the latter two have stayed very strong, surprisingly strong, notably strong. Yeah, I think, I think interest for the game and interest for the cards will continue to feel like it's low. 
and that's just because it's not new anymore. People aren't over-exaggerating the hype and, and talking about it, you know, to that extent. Can't make money off anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, you know, people are people are just, yeah, less, less hype about it. So we're not going to hear it as much, but the interest of the game is definitely still there and very strong large community so it's going it's going to be here for a long haul but it's like we saw with pokemon the hype died out and you could argue that pokemon was more of a hype because it lasted longer but i just think that's the world we live in now things move faster people want the next new shiny thing if this was 1999 and all kids had to look forward to look forward to was lorcana this would be like a sustained you know, multi-year hype like Pokemon was, but I just think it's the world we live in. Even when Pokemon releases like a new release, um, you know, we see it no matter how good the set is. The hype only lasts for about a month and then it's kind of on to the next thing. Um, like 151, it's still doing well, but you know, it's old news. People are ready for the next thing, bring on the next thing. And, uh, I think that I think that's just the different world we live in today. But I think the D twenty three cards will do good. I personally think they'll they'll stay stagnant for a while, um, until the game fully establishes itself. And I think it will definitely establish itself. Playability wise, I think it already has. I'm just talking about the longevity. Like a lot of people see all these meta zoos and stuff kind of having tough times now and they think Lorcana's gonna gonna go back you know kind of follow that route but it's definitely got the staying power it's disney it will be here for a while in my opinion um potentially forever if as long as they're making money off of it and it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes so with that said i think the d23 cards are definitely plays to have for the long term but i just think it's gonna it's gonna be stagnant for a while well i could see i mean maybe it's just my bias talking but i could see the elsa and mario make another run um i'm not saying it to 10 or 5,000, but i could see them going up another 15 20 percent from their highs which is like 8 to 8500 um for the mario or for the uh, elsa i could see that happening um, the, 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 some of the sales on the Elsa are particularly interesting. Some buy it now is between 6,500 to 7,000 auctions between 5,500 and 6,000. Um, it's very, so I think that tells me the market price is probably a true is between six to 6,500. Um, and the most notable thing is that the Elsa has been the most resilient thus far when everything else has seen a near 20 15 to 20 percent increase elsa is maybe 10 percent from the highs and i find that very notable and i think that's an indicative of one the elsa being the true first edition charizard of this tcg in my opinion and three the desire for these cards are still very strong and it's being consolidated to specific cards which makes sense which is something that we both discussed back in late 2022 as a very real possibility down the road. And the market is kind of reflecting that on the short term. Yeah. 
but um, I actually, you know, speaking because we're on the D23 cards, I actually lowered the ELSA, changed the, changed the listing um, with better photos, lowered the price to, a, to where it's above market, listed at $89.99.99. Um, it's the third highest one, or the third buy it now, really. And I have the best offer entry point at 7500 Now, I think if the ELSA is selling like this at the end of the year, when a lot of people suggest that kind of people are being more conservative for the money, people are um, being kind of careful with spending this time of year, money's going elsewhere. I find the resilience very interesting going into the new year as we approach tax season and by all indications, the economy finally on the complete upswing at this point. It's looking like that. Um, so that makes it very interesting the first three months, the first quarter of 2024. And that's when I'm looking to sell the ELSA is during that time frame. Now, we'll see what happens, uh, but selling the ELSA is imperative for the goals that I'll outlay here in a few minutes. But I know you're talking about a bunch of your stuff as well, Nathan. Yeah, the uh, like I said, the D23 cards, I mean, they're, they're good long plays, but even if... You know, you take the multi-year hype of Pokemon and apply it to Lorcana, but then just shorten it because of the modern times we're in. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you had, like, a three-year hype of Pokemon that turned out to be, like, a one-year hype for Lorcana, I think we're, we're, I think we're in the lows of the Neo era. Like, where it's still going strong, people are still interested, but we just have seen interest trickle down. Mm-hmm. So I think in the next few sets, you know, we might potentially enter that EX era feeling, not to, not to the extent that Pokemon was, because people are aware of every angle nowadays that it's collectible and playable and all that. So I don't think we're going to be any EX era drastic changes, but I think I think there's still room to go a little lower. But yeah, I think long term though. Instead of Pokemon's EX era lull lasting five plus years, Lorcana, you know, given the times, might only be two years. Um, but yeah, I think if they can, if they hit multi years like year three and they're still chucking along, I think we're going to be really, really bright future, especially for those D23 cards. I think once they have sustained multiple years and things are still looking good and they look like they got it figured out, I think we'll be we'll be golden. But yeah, if they can keep it up, we'll see. But yeah, my uh, my D twenty three cards are all all gone. My twenty twenty three goals have pretty much been completed with selling those and uh, buying a couple Grail cards. One of my Grail cards on my radar was the, you know, Mega Charizard X Pikachu Poncho, which I picked up a couple weeks ago. So super stoked with that. I sold my Scream Mimikyu. I got one of those coming in the mail in a tin. So pretty much have made made my moves and uh, completed everything for 2023. Um. So yeah, ready to ready to see where it goes. But with that, we can talk about some of our 2024 goals. Yeah. 
and uh, see where it goes. I did do something unexpected, though, for 2023. I did grade pretty much everything else I needed to. Um, a lot of that came with the decision of selling my first editions. So I sold my non-hollows and all my graded hollows besides my Charizard. So that, that decision was tough, but, you know, I have... They were basically binder cards. None of them were grading above a 7, pretty much. So I just decided to uh, kind of cut back on those. And I could always put that money into a higher-graded Charizard, which I would ultimately like to do one day. But... Instead of doing that, I took the money and graded my gold stars. So now I'm officially done grading like all my old stuff. So it, it feels really nice to, uh, you know, know exactly what the cards are worth. So do you have any surprises for your 2023 that were not mm. originally planned? Well, I know there was some things that I bought they're a little bit unexpected when it comes to comics. I end up finishing most of the runs I was looking for. I'm down to under a thousand to complete my comic goal. I know that I know that's a little bit different, but I really, really was strict on what I spent for Pokemon this past year. Um, man, I don't know if I even spent five hundred dollars, honestly. Straight up, outside of uh, yeah, aside from the, the Mario, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I did because I haven't bought any sealed this year, I don't think. I don't think I even bought any at KCCon. There might have been a couple packs involved, but like nothing over 50 bucks. So, if that tells you anything, I haven't bought any sealed this year. Um so and there was a, there was about 150 bucks I think at the KCCon last year. And I bought about a hundred some odd bucks of Ancient Muse. So yeah, like I literally like I went very very strict on my budget for for Pokemon to allow me to get um, the PSA nine Mario Pikachu. However, that compulsion of being so strict kind of bled over to the comics, buying more there. So it kind of evens out. <laughs> um, but I still went pretty strict as well there um but i did probably spend about a grand more than i should have throughout the year um to complete everything so you could argue so technically probably less than 1500 between the, my hobbies if you for the whole year if you take out the mario i feel like that's pretty good right right yeah i don't, I don't know i feel like it's pretty good um that's pretty strict that's so that's like 125 a month which isn't crazy uh now some of the things that I'm going to be going for 2024, and this is something that I had discussed with you with, I think it was about six months ago. I was like, I might go after the ancient Mew PSA one to 10 set. And I know it's just a small little thing. Like most these cards are only 30, 35 bucks, but I was able to get the PSA one on my own, which is kind of funny because the PSA one, believe it or not, goes for a little bit of a, of a premium. Like, some have sold, like, between 80 and $100. Shit and all that. Kind of surprising, but then there's one on Christmas Day that went that sold for, like, 35 But it was, it was an auction. Yeah. Um, and I am missing the PSA 3, 4, 9, and 10. 
the 10 and 9, obviously, they'd be the most expensive. And there is a 4 online, but they want, like, $40 plus, like, $15 shipping. I feel like all and, those would be pretty easy to find, like, 3 and 4s, I feel like. Yeah, there wasn't a 3. Relative. There was not a 3 on eBay, so or else I would have bought that one. The 10 is pretty steady around 3 350 and that might be something I get at the KCCon. I feel like that's an item that I would expect to see there. So I might try to see if I can't get it there and then maybe even the nine or at least the nine there and then being done besides maybe all but the 10. And the cool thing is the three, the three, four, nine can all be had for, it should be for under 150. So actually I would say it should be more like 120, 130. Uh, so that's re- really pretty cheap. Um, and Ancient Mew, as we discussed, is one of my favorite cards. And I actually was looking at a list of our top five favorite cards. I actually showed this to you as well. And I was like, you should take a look at what your top five favorite cards were. And I couldn't help but notice, but my top cards are, were the Unlimited Charizard, or the Charizard artwork, Ancient Mew, Mar- Mario Luigi promo, Scream Psyduck, and the other one includes this, the Design Contest 2009 Surfing Arceus, which I'll never probably get. <laughs> um, and then there's a few other ones from like the Vending series as well. I couldn't help but notice how close I am to completing all of these of my favorite cards. And I was like, well, that should be my main goal then in 2024. Yeah. And that's what my main goal has become. It's already happening with Ancient Mew, having the whole PSA 1 to 10 set. I'm sure I'll go to the Nintendo E-Air card at some point, but it's not a main priority just yet, uh, and get several variants of that Ancient Mew card. And I will continue to do something like that as well with my my other goals. But uh, what are some of the goals that you had in mind, though, as well? Yeah, so for mine, you know, I really tackled a lot of the Japanese grails, which I've, I've pretty much done. Um, the last, you know, I wasn't expecting to grade the gold stars for quite a long time. And I was really expecting my buying to really slow down next year. But since I've graded the gold stars, I will probably like number one goal is to sell things, um, really slowly. I want to really take my time with the gold stars, get you know, what I think they're worth, probably try to slow sell them on Instagram um, and potentially do that for the remainder of the first half of the year up until our Collecticon trips. Then with that money, slowly, I think I'm going to buy the Scream cards, Scream Pikachu, Eevee, Rowlet, and Psyduck potentially. Might buy those back. Um, I just, I've just figured I've divided up my gold stars right, where I could sell a certain amount of gold stars that I don't want, and I should have enough to cover those four cards and have a little left over. Um, I have a little left over currently from all my my sales and. And stuff that I've done with Lorcana and all the, you know, first editions. So that, that'll be the main goal is uh, to slow sell those and buy the screen promos back. Um, after I buy the screen promos, though, maybe a Luigi 
poncho, maybe. You know, maybe the Charizard mm-hmm. Y poncho, maybe Luigi. I think it makes more sense to uh, for me to buy the Luigi just to have that set, but I'm not really a big fan of the poncho cards aside from the Mega Charizard X because, you know, we've talked about before, they're just kind of plain poses. Mm-hmm. And the Charizard X just has more character for whatever reason they have. Um, it's Charizard. That's the only reason you need. <laughs> well, they got the Charizard Y, and he's a plain pose. I know. That, so, that was, I mean, I my favorite is the Poncho Magikarp, but it was cut from my list of must-haves because it was the main outlier. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't think I would ever really care to have the Rayquaza ponchos. If I got another poncho, it probably made sense to get, you know, the sister Mega Y Charizard. Then if I had any others, it would be probably Magikarp and Gyarados. So, for sure the Scream cards, probably for sure a Luigi. And then other than that, I really don't know. Um, I've tossed around the idea of upgrading the Charizard. That will always be a possibility. I just don't know how quick I'll be acting on that. If if I get all that done in the first half, and then I go to collect a con with that goal complete, or I complete that goal there, I my focus will really shift to a possible Charizard you know, upgrade. So all my grail cards, as far as Japanese promos will be pretty much done. I might look at upgrading the Zard. So hopefully I get all this done or finish it at the Collecticon trip. And then I can, uh, I can see what's available as far as Charizards there. So we didn't really see a lot last year though. Um, for first edition, I think we saw something like a seven, I think. Yeah, there's a few around. I think uh, we weren't really looking for them too much no, either. No, we, but... we were focused on the Japanese promo stuff. That is true. But but yeah, I'll definitely be on the lookout. I would be okay and you know overjoyed with an eight. I think that's very doable without selling all my gold stars. For a nine, I would pretty much have to sell most of my gold stars. But if I found a nine at like a incredible price, like I would probably try to go for that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. See what happens. Anything's on the table, but main focus now is just to sell, get the screen promos back. Maybe Luigi. That's gonna be the uh, the main targets for. 2024 and ideally before you know summer comes around because i think things are gonna heat back up again have a have a cousin back home who just got into pokemon they he got a van gogh psa 9 for christmas hey so you know people Never, I know still getting into it mean well, I, I still think I was, it's a steady roll. Um, since we're on the subject of Charizard, we should go ahead and just, I guess, that's an easy transition into my main goal for 2024. And that, as you, obvious, is a first edition Charizard. Now, what 
grade it's not a question of if i can do it like it was with the mario it's a question of when and to what grade i can do um because it's kind of the prices aren't necessarily all over the place right now but the psa 7 is between like 6500 and 7500 like there's one that sold that for 6500 another that sold for 7000 um and that's just in, in the past month so I would say that's about the market. Now that can still change obviously. And that, if you take that rate, it's pretty much comparable to the PSA six as well. PSA six is really more around 5,000 now. Um, there's some that was like 4,800, couple, several right at five grand. Like it's pretty, like there's a best offer in an auction right at five grand for PSA six. So that might be the most realistic option for me, but a PSA seven is on the table. Now, PSA 5 would be the worst grade that I would get, which, you know, you say quote unquote worst, which is still pretty good um, because the PSA 5 is kind of the same way, right? Like maybe around 4,000 right now, maybe 4,500. Um, so it's definitely feasible. Up to see where one sold at. Yeah, I mean, PSA, I, I was looking at the PSA 6. And I know the PSA 5 was kind of falling 6 and 7 in the last 45 days. 6 is around 5,000 average. Seven is between sixty five hundred and seven thousand average. Um, there was a three have, that sold for thirty three hundred though. Yeah, I mean it's kind. It kind of is dependent on a lot of factors, but I mean I'm looking at one thirty point. I'm looking at the last forty five days on these markets. Like, you know, if you wanted eight thousand for PSA seven, I understand, but the market isn't there right now for it. And that that trickles all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, pretty interesting. It's anywhere for the last six months, I've always, you know, pretty much the the ideal numbers has been like a one. One being the exception. One has been about 2,000. Two has been about 2,000. You know, three about three, four about four, five about mm-hmm. five. That's, that's a good rule of thumb. I, yeah, I, I agree, though, for sure. It's kind of been the case for a while until you get to the the seven. I mean, maybe it's like seven, maybe eight. And then the eight goes up to about 10 to about, I'd say, 10 to 12. So when you get to that seven, eight range, it, it jumps a little more. Um, but, yeah, the last six months we've seen that scale, give or take, a 1,000. Like we've seen some fives go for four, some of them go for fifty-five. Like we've seen some sevens go for like sixty-five, anywhere up from, you know, and then you know the week after they go for seventy-five. So it's like that scale's still kind of true, but like give or yeah. take a thousand, just depending on the factors. PSA five is kind of interesting. I wonder if that has to do with just how close it is, and also certain quality cards. Like there was one, it had 88 bids, right? That went for 1500 around Thanksgiving um, for PSA 5. Now that I think is almost an outlier right now. I think there's so many people in on that card that it went above average and that seller got very, very good rates. Because there's also PSA 5 beginning of this month sold for 5000 You know, so I mean, it's, I would say a PSA 5 is around 5K, give or take 500 um, like you might have to take 4,500 potentially like this one was at 4,400, right? That was in the last 90 days. So it's, it's kind of between 4,500, 5,000, and then it just trickles up. But the point being is if you look at what these cars were in about 2019, 
I think the average is about here. Let's see. I think it's about 2.5 times or so where it was just before the pandemic from that rate. Let's see. Let's go to 2019. Yeah, looking at 2019, you're looking about 2,000, 2,200. This is for a PSA 7. So about two and a half times or so ish. Mm-hmm. So now the pandemic was unprecedented. It's something we few people could have predicted to that extent. And it's very likely you'll never have something like that again, which is definitely very possible. It is definitely one of the highlights within the hobby of if you look at we talked about that before if you looked at throughout the history now i'm not saying it's going to continue at that rate but it did double after 2016 as well so if you follow that trend you might think that a psa 7 or so then after whatever hype that it might come by the 30th anniversary 35th 40th whatever it'll double to two, two and a half times again. Essentially being, this is the lowest prices we're ever going to see for these cards ever again. And especially when it comes to the Charizard, the most iconic card in Pokemon, the most infamous and famous card in Pokemon, it's at this point, I don't know if Pokemon could even fail because you still have such niche demographics within the hobby. Vintage will always be strong, especially the Charizard. It is the Bitcoin of the TCG world. And it seems like it's now or never for this Charizard. It wasn't feasible when I first got into it. I was like, I I can never afford this. Well, between five, you know, $4,500 and $7,500 between a PSA 5 and 7, because guess what? The 5 and 6 follow similar rates as the PSA 7 with two to two and a half times. Um, around the same time frame. Now, I find that very interesting. So you, that's why you really can't go wrong, depending on what you could actually afford. But, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. What I can, what I, when I get it, actually, it's funny that you met, you mentioned Chicago because I saw the date. When I'd be able to get it is sometime between August and mid-fall when I'll be able to get the first edition Charizard. So it's going to be really interesting if the lining time's up and if there's somebody that we talk in Kansas City that has it or has one or if we can coordinate with somebody to see if it's worth it. But, like, I assume if if they're at these shows, they're not going to let it go for under 7000 So at that point, you have to ask yourself how much is trying to avoid the sales tax, you know? Is it really worth going up to Chicago for that? That's just kind of something you kind of have to consider. Yeah, a lot of people would bring the big cards. You know, it's kind of a theme. Like, pretty much everyone has been selling, you know, junk slabs for cheap. Or they have old Watsy beat-up cards. Or they have Japanese promos or, like, highly graded Watsy that are priced to not sell. You know, that that's kind of been the theme of these shows, but... There's a certain amount of those people who bring the big cards to sell. They might have it priced high, but if they could get, you know, around market, they might be willing to talk. And another thing to consider is the way things have changed in the last couple of years for sellers on eBay, especially those higher end cards, it really, they can, the sellers can fight for, a lot of sellers, especially if they're established, can fight for the price they want. 
because with the eBay store subscription, now there's various, you know, subscription fees. I don't know how high the highest one is, but one of the mid tier ones, it's only takes like 2.3% after 20, after the first 2,500. Now that's huge. Cause even like on a $50,000 card, the, which is very few cards, right? You're paying less. You're only paying like around a thousand dollars in fees after the last forty-eight thousand. And I mean, that brings down your overall fees to like, if you say for a car that big, to only like five percent or something like that. Really, really small, all things considered, right? Yeah. So it's at the point where you're talking for a seven thousand dollar card, a difference of four to five hundred. So that offers the seller stronger negotiation platform to stay on. Like, you know, I'll just sell it on eBay to, to get this price. And say if they have a price at seventy five hundred, the lowest they'll probably take in person is sixty five hundred, and it's more like seven thousand, but they'll probably lowest take in person. So that's why it might be hard for some of these shows to potentially get what you want, especially for the higher end cards. Yeah, the scale itself doesn't really make sense either. You have a lot of crammed numbers in the two to six PSA range for the Charizard. You know, it doesn't make sense that the the ten is over a hundred thousand, and then the nine, you know, on a good day nowadays at twenty k. Well, they're they're still about twenty twenty k normally, but we have seen a couple sales between fifteen and twenty. Like even Z and G, one that had lots of eyes on it, um, his sold at or you know his consignment sold at sixteen something, and then we had that other one where it was like. You know, it, it, it was a really bad copy, in my opinion. It just looked bad. Colors were, like, oversaturated. It was a weird-looking, weird-looking one. Um, it sold for, like, 14 Um But, you know, on a on a good day, buy it now. They're still 18 to 20 But still, that, that price gap is huge. And it might make sense because it is the Charizard, you know, it's the card of all cards for set cards and for a lot of people in general. So it can do weird things. But why is like a PSA 8, you know, 8 to 10K? And then you have all these other grades like crammed in to like a 6K range that could go more or less than the other any given week. Um, so in my opinion, they need to spread out a little more or the 8s need to go up, or the 9s need to come down, or the 10s need to come down. Like, the, the scale needs to shift and establish itself a little more, in my opinion. I think it makes sense for the 8s to be around 10, and then you spread everything else out in between there. And then maybe the 9 should be 16 to 18. But then... That would make like a, a ten would make sense at like eighty k for me. I was about to say between sixty and eighty thousand if you went at that rate. So either it almost seems like I I even think a PSA seven should be like ten k in my opinion. Yeah. Eight closer to fifteen, nine twenty to twenty five. And I doesn't I that usually... make more sense then? I mean that makes more sense to me than if your tens are on one to one twenty five, right? It makes, more, makes sense more sense to me, like, that scale, but I also disregard kind of what I think about the 10 because it is what it is. You know, it can do weird things. It's Charizard of all things, so rules rules don't matter in a card like that, really. But, 
yeah, the, the scale just seems like it should be a little different. But, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's, anyways, this is the lowest as low it's going to be for the Charizard, and I assume it will be like that into 2024, uh, into 2025. Now, I think sometime in 2025 is when we can start seeing a shift. Now, when that is, is maybe after spring, maybe. I could start seeing around late spring, summer 2025, a shift start, starting to come up a, a little bit. So I think there's time, and that's why I'm not pressured to get it, like, in the summer, right, for these cars. I mean, I'm not. They might go up a little bit, but I think these are the rates we're going to see for the next year. Um, I don't think there's anything that's going to change that. Like the earliest thing that could, I know there is some live action animation stuff coming or like some, not live action, but some like different type of media coming out of, from Pokemon. They have uh, something on Netflix, I think, is it today or tomorrow or something? It's sometime in the next few days. They got like the Pokemon concierge. I don't see that causing any sort of media exposure necessarily. Unless there's some, they release something on the Pokemon Direct at the end of February that might change my mind, there's nothing that will alter the market, in my opinion. See, even, I'm, the, even, honestly, even the economy going up, I don't see that changing it. I'm more worried that it's like a just a winter lows that we see every year. That, on top of the economy, like I'm worried that it's going to start upticking again this summer. You know, if the things keep going how they're going, still in a rough spot, economy and inflation wise, but we're making improvements, but the winter lows are over. I'm worried that, you know, a lot of people will be starting to collect again and the modern hype has been dying out. Um, I think the, the special set for this winter the hype for that will kind of die out and uh, I think people like I said I think in the last episode people will start going back and buying these old cards because uh, that's truly where their heart is and now that they've came down off the insane highs people are probably thinking the same thing so I think stuff well, could potentially I, move up I, a little quicker but that's definitely possible but we were seeing the trend of these these cards even in the second half of the summer. We were seeing this downward shift. Now, it was still like if you look at PPSA, like if you go to the APR, I know that's not always like 100% accurate with every sale, but if you look at, I mean, like the five, there was fives, multiple ones, late spring, summer, forty six hundred to five thousand dollars. This was between April and July of this year. 4,605,000. And that trend continues. So if you look at October, PSA five, 6, 5,400. Hell, there's even a PSA 6 that sold in October for 4,600. Like they're all, there's only only one in the whole year that, well, no, two it looks like, but one, oh, it was signed. That's why it was so much. But yeah, most of the sixes, PSA 6 sold in the past year under 6,000. So I, that's why I don't think it's specifically necessarily an end of the year lull. Now it's possible we could see upswing for the other factors that you mentioned. I just think this is going to be the trend for a while. Maybe 10% change, maybe, will be affected unless you have a bunch of people going in at once. Because one of the reasons why the Japanese promos did what they did is a lot of folks got into that market all at once, causing a surge. 
And I think a lot of people speculate it was Hong Kong collectors, right? Is that what a lot of people were saying? Yeah, a lot of China was buying it up. You know, China kind of hit the mainland, so people kind of went crazy, and we saw that huge spike of uh, promos. But, uh, yeah, I think that was definitely part of it. But I'm sure they're buying up a lot of Watsy too. So. Yeah, slowly, because uh, doing it all at once will cause the market to shift. Um, but I'm just kind of looking at within the past year, it continues at this ratio that we're seeing right now. Um, so I think something big has to cause it to, I, I see you can probably do like, yeah, even if you look at PSA seven all the way back to 2022 is still averaging about $7,000, $1,000 per, um, with obviously variance with it, but that's why I think you can maybe see a shift of 10% next year, maybe, but that's about most, unless something else happens that we can't predict right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I, I don't know. I think the same things for the Japanese promos, and they're way more exciting to collect, so that's why that goal is kind of taking priority. Um, I absolutely love the Gold Stars, but I could I could part with, you know, half of them and go for more grails just fine. But yeah, once, once I complete that, especially if I get a Luigi and then the scream cards complete either before or at Collecticon, like my, my goals are to be determined after that because something I'm going to have to sit down and really, you know, crunch the numbers and, and see what's possible again. But maybe we'll do a, uh, an episode in the middle of the year where we, you know, kind of recap and give you guys an update how it's going. But I to say, I only have a few more things to mention. Um, yeah, those are pretty you... much all mine. The only other thing yeah. that I was going to maybe mention with a little extra money that I had this holiday, I have been buying a couple Lorcana cards for my Lorcana binder. I bought the uh, legendary Elsa from the set, which I got at auction for 15 bucks. So a lot of those singles have been coming down. I think I'm still gonna, you know, wait, like I said, for the enchanted rares for more waves, but the Elsa enchanted rares in the $300 range now for a raw copy. Still pretty strong, but I expect by the end of the year, that card in a 10 will be under $500. Yeah. I think it's like six hundred bucks now in a ten. Like it's definitely. I was. I don't know. I'll have to look at it. it I felt like it was still around eight hundred last I looked. It's. I said since it came out, it'll, it'll be under five hundred dollars in a ten based on the full rates, but including the hype around Elsa. So that's kind. Of, I was kind of thinking around five hundred bucks for that card. Maybe four hundred. Maybe. Yeah. Let me see but, here. Let me look at some sold listings, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I bought a couple of the promos. I'm watching a couple promos. Um, so essentially, I want to collect the full first chapter line of things. You know, I, I want to collect the foil set, the normal set, all the first chapter or set one promos, and then the enchanted cards, and then the you know, D100 gift set. So that pretty much like the gift set is technically set too, but it's like the first special product they've had. 
So I have a I have a binder of all the stuff in it. I just want to complete that and then kind of uh, maybe build a couple decks and then be done with Lorcana. So I might put a little extra money into that aside from the Enchanted Rares, which I'll wait on. But I do still have Pokemon binders as well. So I'll be looking for some raw cards at CollectCon. And if I don't find any and I'm done with my goals and I have some extra cash, I'll probably be, uh, after CollectCon, be looking at some, some lists for my binders. But, yeah, what are the other couple goals you were mentioning? So, obviously, the Ancient Mew cards, the most expensive one being the 10. I, I might not even get that next year to focus on things if I get one through nine. Um, the Charizard, obviously, between five and seven. Um, what I can get will kind of vary, but I also want to get the first edition trio. So, that's the obviously the Blastoise and the Venusaur. Um, so, I'm going to go heavy on getting the better graded first edition Charizard and then trying to find a clean PSA 3 or 4 first edition Blastoise and Venusaur. Um, they're going to be around 500 bucks a piece or so. So go find clean ones of those. So that way I have the trio. And then after that, it's going to be potentially buying the Vending Series 3, which is my favorite series from those first three from those sets and i would love to be able to have that and lightly play to near mint condition and at that point if i can get all that the only thing i'm missing is the the, the luigi pikachu and what i might do this might not be till early 2025 is get a raw lightly played copy just to have it yeah is what is what i might do that way i have everything that i want and I can start focusing on prioritizing money or going elsewhere. So I kind of want to be done with all the big goals for Pokemon by the end of next year. That's kind of the plan. So go big on the Charizard, get go a little bit lower on the Blastoise and Venusaur, and go from there and co complete everything. I think it's possible. Um, I think the whole thing could be done for under $7,000, depending on things and and you know depending on what i want to do if i want to go with five six or seven that's going to dictate where else i go with with other moves so we'll just kind of see well, what happens another thing lurking in my mind too is uh for big goals you know obviously the ones i mentioned then the charizard would kind of become a thing but i could potentially not make a move on the charizard and get another really big card that i've been looking at and that is the here come team rocket Japanese oh, okay. promo. Okay. The Giovanni's better. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would yeah. only buy the Giovanni to have the pair, but yeah. I definitely like, you know, Jesse James and Meowth card way better. Yeah. Um, they're, 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 those are some, those are more expensive than, I think those rival just about the uh, 20th anniversary festa. They do. They're, they're, they're pretty close. They're, they're pretty close for sure. And that's why they're a maybe for me. Like, yeah. I get that they came, you know, in the rocket box and it was yeah. like a limited product because it was such a big product. But it's just the cards are expensive because of that. Mm -hmm. But the cards themselves, just the price doesn't really make sense to me. 
Like I could see those being five, six thousand dollar cards, just like the Mario's. But for them to be on that upper nine, ten k level tier, they've just never made sense to me because I like so many more cards that I've chosen to get before those. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. That would be like a stretch goal, but I don't think it'll be done because. I say it's a stretch goal, but I'll pretty much have to wipe out my upgrading Zard funds just to get those. Like, I would pretty much have to stick with my first edition Charizard and then just put all that into those. Which... Yeah, I mean, I'd rather... They got kind of like a poor man's example, or like a Hamas example, I should say, um, for each of those cards. The Giovanni just had one in the Pokemon 151 set that's pretty similar in some ways. Um, while I do love those cards, I agree with you because of their price point, they are not realistic at all. Um, and obviously there's going to be some cards like that in the hobby, right? But I'm talking about for what they are and they're, and I don't, the, the desirability isn't there. You're it's getting it from scarcity into an extent nostalgia with Giovanni and team rocket, but for it being $10,000, I mean, I don't know the, the numbers, it could make sense because I think it was an in-store exclusive to the one of the Tokyo Pokemon stores, right? Or was it the Okinawa hand opening? I Is think you could buy it. I, I might be wrong on this too, but I thought you could just buy it online. It was just a limited product. I thought it was in-store only. Um, now, I'd have to look that up. But if it were in-store only, the price would make sense. If it were comparable to like the special box Pikachu and Luigi, the price wouldn't make sense, right? But if it was truly in-store only, that means there's even less quantity involved. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me look it up real quick. Because I thought you could order it online, but it was just really limited. Um, I can't remember the exact name if it was like a Team, a team Rocket case or something like that. Yeah, Team Rocket case, 25th anniversary Team Rocket case or something. So yeah, it was a special 20th anniversary product and pretty pretty large. Um so yeah, it's a uh, it's just like you said, just the cards themselves like just does not doesn't really make sense to me. But they have a I was just kind of looking at the KC Comp page because I was going through a few pages on my tab list and just notice. Um, so they in each of the categories at the last category with much more the Mickey Mouse Taylor. It's from the first chapter, not the D23 is front and center there. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought that was interesting. Yeah, there's, there's just, you know, with the money of those two cards, you could buy all the ponchos and more. Mm -hmm. It's just... And the nostalgia factor, yes, there's nostalgia, but I would think most people would suggest the a lot of the base set cards would supersede that level of nostalgia, right? You would think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. When you look at some of the cases on there, case only is like $800. It's like, okay. It's kind of uh, kind of wild. But 
trying to find the Bulbapedia article on it, but it's so weird because it's just got the, the weird, weird name. But, yeah, that, that would definitely be a stretch goal. But, yeah, I would almost have to totally just have every other Japanese promo that I would want. Um, so it's a Team Rocket special case. Here it is. It's under a weird article like XY Break Era merchandise <laughs> for some reason. Um, so yeah, XY Promo 277-278 Giovanni Scheme and here comes Team Rocket. This item could only be purchased from the Pokemon Center online as part oh, okay. of a make-to-order run. So yeah. So it was, it was, they did make a decent amount of them then. Yeah. So the Giovanni attend sold for 7,600. Yeah. And roughly and nowadays November. that's like $90. So it was, it seemed like it was a, you know, it closed December 2016 and began shipping to customers mid February. So that's crazy in itself. Just like one month production period. <laughs> where it went from being closed to people getting it in their hands. So, well, yeah. there must have been more because with uh, there must have been a lot more with the Mario and Luigi one made then. The numbers still have to lean towards Mario and Luigi because yeah, this price doesn't make sense. Seventy six hundred for an auction, and then just ten days later, one sold for fifteen thousand. Yeah, there's definitely way more of the ponchos and Marios because that that was like a, you know, an actual product that was sent out to, you know, many stores. This was, you know, just the nature of the case it came in. It would look like it was a one time like, hey, you can order it. It was a two month or a month and a half window where you could say you wanted it and then they produced it and then you got it. So it was just a one-time thing, like a special print run. So I sh can't imagine how many there are. You know, this is 2016, right after Pokemon Go. So hype was starting to build, but this is like deep in the deep in the halls of the Pokemon Hive. Like there was not a lot of people special ordering this product in Japan and the United no, States. No, because it was the Japanese one online, and there weren't as many people in connections to try and. Um, like through Tenso or whatever to try to order it. Yeah, I haven't ordered anything for a while, and every time I do, I, I get I mess up because apparently my address isn't correct in there, and I don't know how, how to change it. <laughs> and so they they have to like personally message me each time. Great service though, one hundred percent service for sure. Nice. But yeah, I mean that but, pretty much covers all my goals. Um, and I didn't really have a question, and we're already at an hour and a half. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good episode, straight well, to the point. Unless you yeah, got something else not you really, want to say, we didn't really cover something that I was going to phrase as a question, though. Okay, let's go for it. it. Was, okay, so in this past, I think it was this past year, there was two times as much Pokemon cards graded over baseball. A significant difference in overall graded quantity. One is what does this mean for Pokemon? And two, what does it mean currently for Pokemon, both in the future and now? What are some takeaways you can get from, from this or take from this? 
I think a lot of people just have jumped into the Pokemon game, and that's why we're kind of seeing the decline we're seeing now. Um, just kind of oversaturation. We're seeing junk slabs galore. Stuff is just not worth grading. And I could see our first statistic of Q1 2024 where that's back reversed. Um, but it's also hard to say because baseball has been seeing the exact same thing. So it could stay how it is. Just a lot of numbers went down. But I think people are getting smarter. Um, you know, I say that even though someone is actively buying my cards first week of availability for twice the price is what they are two weeks after release. So I feel like people are getting smarter and what they want, but people are still paying inflated prices to get it the, you know, the first graded copy of something. You're always going to have that, the need for social media clout. I, I think for the foreseeable future, that mentality is here to stay. So I don't think that's going to change. Now it's how, how much is how often that's happening. Yeah. For the, for the collectors that are in, you know, if you're listening to this, you're, you're definitely in the niches of the, the extra bed, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's people like us are, you know, getting back to reality, you know, Oh, there goes gravity. It it's gone. Oh, there it is. <laughs> my, my spaghetti. But the gravity has uh has ticked up again and uh people are are grounded and uh people are making better decisions. People are making less plays because you know, plays just make less sense. Things are getting back to how they should be. Um, you know, actually making sense and back to normal. It doesn't make sense to to grade literally everything possible um, unless PSA maybe comes down to like $5 for grading or something. But uh, like, dang, <laughs> they're just selling out free labor over here. But even, even the chase card of each modern set, there's just so many that is being produced nowadays and so many being graded. Well, and the, the pull rates aren't what they were. Um, I forget what the top pull rate is, but I think it's like one and two or three hundred packs compared to the alt arts, which were three times that. Yeah, so they, they that gave you right more there, pulls and they made it easier. And I think that was a choice to kind of come come back yeah. the hype as well. And it was because, a good choice, but yeah, because the reason why some of the alt arts were where they were is because they're so hard to pull. So just do the, your, you know, just kind of think about it is. If there, if it's one, 1,000, one, 1,500 packs to pull that alt art, well, think about how much longer that would take for the market to become saturated enough for the prices to lower significantly, right? The hype with the uh, Umbreon, I mean, there's a lot of hype around it, but that wasn't the only alt art that saw decent sized sales that just didn't make sense in a PSA 10. And a lot of those are starting to dip down finally. But it's taken so long because of how hard they were to pull. Whereas now it's more about what it was before the introduction of alt arts and before the pandemic, with their pull rates being like what one in three hundred or something like that. I forget. I forget what it was. It was the the I, Iono wasn't crazy in terms of the pull rates, but it was like the top chase card. I forget what it was exactly. It was like yeah. one in two fifty, one three hundred, something like that. I'm not sure. I just do not keep up with the modern stuff at all. 
But yeah, they they definitely have done the right thing, and people are getting back to collecting binders again. And yeah, it's, it's just nice. So, but yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think it has led to a lot of these. You know, we're seeing the creation of mystery boxes and dollar bins and. Which is something we're gonna see for a while until let's let's be real. It's Gen Z. Like I love G- Gen Z to death, but come on, y'all have to y'all have to learn at some point. <laughs> yeah, you know the, those are the ones that a lot of them are spending it on the mystery boxes because it's like, oh, you know what's that old Family Guy episode? So you can take the boat, or you can take the mystery box. Peter, it could be a boat. <laughs> you know that's, that's kind of what's going on. It's like. That's, that's not going to happen. They might have one major hit that's worth more than the value of the box, but if they ha- give away that card, what's that mean? They have to be making a lot of money on all the other boxes, right? Yeah. Like that, you are getting the, your mystery box is it's being how it's being built is per top dollar of each card, even the junk slab that shouldn't be bought for ten bucks. They're saying it's twenty bucks, stuff like that. Yep, it's wild, and you know we've seen that. We've seen the uh, junk wax era in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, the junk wax has turned into junk slabs because that's that's the thing nowadays. So it'll be here to stay. It'll take us a while to uh, balance it out. But, you know, if we stretch out like five years ahead and we continue this where like modern doesn't make sense to grade certain things, I think we'll we'll be in a good spot. So... With that said, though, that's pretty much all I uh, had to cover. Let's yeah, I mean, anything I, else? I mean, there really isn't too much uh, with the Pokemon is with the modern is unless something changes, you're going to keep on seeing the downward trend with Pokemon. It's going to be harder to make money on anything ultra modern, which is, I think, by design for Pokemon. I think this year we'll see what they have for their big item um, and their big UPC, which they print into the ground. Can't make money off those anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what people try to go and do. Um, could, people lost money on the Pokemon Classic set, <laughs> which isn't really a surprise to me. Um, shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody, really. Now, do they have a cool item that they have? Maybe that might do it. But I think the last thing you can make any really – you had the World's promo, and then there was uh, the uh, End of Era Precious Collection Pikachu. That was really the last ones you had for like plays that were of stuff being released. I guess the Van Gogh one as well. Um, but just as a whole, it's very limited on what you, you can do. And usually with what you can do, if you aren't trying to grade and flip that way, everybody, a lot of our people are going to be doing the same thing. Like with a Van Gogh. Yeah, there's money in it, but the only way to to really have done that is if you would have spent a bunch of money like at once on them. And to me, there's just too much risk involved with that. Yeah. Another thing I, I might look at getting, like if I don't make some of these bigger decisions, I might like start going after little cards like that. You know, the promos that haven't really seen their light of day yet, like the precious collection box and stuff like that. Still don't like the Van Gogh promo because it's in English, but, uh, doesn't fit my PC, but some of those other. I would ones probably maybe. get it one day when it's cheap. Like by next summer, I bet there are people are gonna be trying to get rid of it for like a hundred dollars and a ten. I bet so. Yeah, well, we'll see. It, it's a 
that's one of those that's going to be, I don't know, that'll be surprising because all the hype and all the media around that. It's now has a story behind it. Yeah, hearing my cousin who is just getting into Pokemon seriously wanting one, you know, that that card has stretched beyond now. Certain cards stretch beyond like like that. So I mean it's around three fifty and a ten, maybe four hundred. So I mean if you put a bunch of money up front, you could have made plays, but I was just so concerned about that. About it, the market just like being pulled under because of the uncertainty surrounding it. We were talking about potentially trying to make a play on it, but I was just like, it's too, it's too risky. But maybe it's something I should have done, but we'll see. It, it was still a good play, but it's just so unpredictable. Once you in, enter that realm, you know, if that was a normal release and we didn't see all that hype, it would have made sense. But once it gets to that hype level, like once it gets to Moonbreon level where it extends beyond you know, rationality, <laughs> you never know what it's going to do. And we're, we're just now about. seeing Moonbreon yeah. come down. You know, it took a long time. So, yeah, maybe next summer, but maybe two summers from now, it'll finally start coming down when the next new thing comes. But Still pissed off at Pokemon Center. Haven't bought anything since. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not, I probably will again, but that really pissed me off. Like, I haven't even opened those cards yet. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, I mean, I guess I'll open them. I might open them on the first or something. It's just like, uh. I bought cards I would have never bought. So, yeah, that's the sealed product I, I bought this past year was, was that thing. <laughs> Which I, I bought sealed product to get the promos, but then I sold the sealed product. Yeah. You know, I didn't I just get sold the promo. It. I just sold it back, so. I, I, I didn't get the promo. It said it was in the cart and wasn't, and then they wouldn't allow me to cancel it. It was already shit. So you can't return a TCG item. Yep, it sucks. So, I mean, it was only 40 bucks, but it really just pissed me off. It's, it's, the, it's the principle of the matter that pisses me off. Yeah, or like get those orders and then do another print run. And, and they know. haven't done that. Yeah. They haven't done that since. At this point, I don't know if they will. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking with that. So, but anyway, guys, let us know your goals. If you want to start a discussion anywhere on our Instagrams, keep an eye out. By the time you're hearing this, I should have some videos and posts up um, about some cards we are selling. Um, I took a picture of all the D100 cards, like yours and mine. I plan on do a post, like reach out, like, hey, contact, you know, one of us if you're interested in these. Yeah. So I have a few posts up, guys, with some good stuff. And my gold stars, I'll be starting to sell those very soon. So anyway, guys, once again, thank you for watching. Y'all the best. And we'll see you in the next one. See you next year. <laughs> Ha <laughs>